Welcome back to the NFFL podcast. We just wrapped up week five. And I'm here, Dr. Richard Headley, with a special guest to break everything down, bring you some laughs, some fun, and maybe some football knowledge. And look ahead at week six. It's the Fresh Prince of Fantasy. And I am here, week five, staying alive. Let's get it. (laughs) Yes, that is the Fresh Prince of Football. Daniel Bender is back with us. I'm the Fresh Prince of Fantasy, Brett. You got to remember, I don't just play football. I play it all. Oh, my bad. Fresh Prince of Fantasy. my, My pimping boundaries have no boundaries. Oh, yes, yes. You're gonna brag about your uh, your brand new base fantasy baseball championship? Yes, we did. We did bring home some hardware last week in a close five to four uh, matchup. It was great. The boys played exactly how they needed to, and uh, we we brought it home. Well, congratulations! But we're here to talk football, so let's look at this week. This week, war of attrition. Injuries decimating both the real NFL and the fake NFFL. But on the bright side, only five of the 12 NFFL teams failed to meet their projections. This is actually the best week uh, so far this season for this particular statistic as uh, more often than not, the majority fail to hit that particular statistic. Congratulations, men. You did it. Except for the five of you who just suck. Yes, you, you are uh, your bottom feeders. <laughs> All right, so let us move on into. I'm going to keep it upbeat, but uh, looking back at the uh, war of attrition we mentioned, there are a buttload of injuries to mention. We'll start with Quinton or Quintez Cephas. Uh, initially, shoulder injury. I just heard this afternoon, clavicle. He's done for the year. Uh, you rookie wide receiver for Detroit. So if you had him, sorry. And if your team is so desperate that you needed Quintez, then you got bigger problems (laughs) Taysom Hill and Daniel Jones both concussed and I know you're not supposed to judge concussions by how they look afterwards but Daniel Jones did not look good yeah he got knocked the fuck out (laughs) yes he did and uh, the defender who knocked him out was bragging about it on Instagram so go find it before he takes it down Devin Bush uh, leg injury, Damian Harris, ribs, Kenny Galladay, and Tyreek Hill, both with knees, though apparently Tyreek's is not so bad. Yeah, Ty- Tyreek Hill is basically made out of, like, adamantium, so if he just looks like he got hurt, but he really isn't. Levante David and Saquon Barkley both have ankle injuries. Uh, I don't know if you saw pictures, but Saquon's, his ankles. I, I, saw, I saw him roll his. His was gross. It swole up like a balloon. Yeah, he he got swole up pretty bad. It, 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 it was not good. Uh, Joe Burrow after the game, uh, not not the hit that looked like he was going down for the year again, but he was taken to the hospital with uh, to be looked at for a throat contusion. But it turns out he's all right. Yeah, somebody somebody said I'm gonna punch you in the throat, and uh, <laughs> they they made good on that promise. And apparently, he lost his voice. And that's why they took him to the hospital. All right. Now, looking over to some more uh, 
Yes, some uh, Quintez should have been in this column, but I did not have time to update. Players who are out for some time. Russell Wilson, uh, his finger, not only did it not look good, he's out for... Okay, professionally, he's out for four to six weeks. He is projecting definitely the lower end, but I don't know. <laughs> he's going to be out for some time. You don't, you don't put that hand in a hyperbaric chamber. That's basically what he's going to do. He's going to need some Wolverine blood. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, just a sprain for his MCL, nothing torn, but they did put him on the short-term IR, so he's out for a few weeks. Yeah, my man's my man's literally like a rubber band. Like, I, I, I don't know how that didn't tear. I, I don't know. He's just the right way to turn. And two players on injured reserve done for the season, Max Williams tight end for Arizona, and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, either is or has had the shoulder surgery. And that will end his season. He was on a one-year deal putting all the chips on himself. Yeah. And uh, good luck making those TikToks in your, uh, in your downtime, buddy. Yeah. Not going to do much dancing with your one arm. Uh, using this as a segue, uh, the Fresh Prince himself is going to pull out uh, something special. He's got the injury voodoo doll for us. I put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Ow, ow, ow. So Fresh Prince, tell us what this, uh, what this special little doll is all about. Well, let's just say when you don't draft well, you have to rely on waiver wire pickups. So I have this little thing called the injury voodoo doll, which, you know, is kind of generic in the sense of who it would be. But anytime I'm watching a game, I'll sit there and I'll think to myself, oh, man, wouldn't it be nice if uh, he just got carted off the field <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, pin in, the, pin in the leg and there goes his knee. Wow. Wow. That's how that's basically how it goes. So uh, what I'm going to give you is I'm going to give you my prediction for three injuries this up and coming week. All right. So that's right. If the, your guys get injured this week, that da- uh, the, the Fresh Prince is going to going to drop for you. You have my permission to go beat him severely about the head and shoulders because he's casting some <laughs> yes. black magic. Go for it. <laughs> black, it is black the magic, season. Baby. And uh, so are you ready? I'm ready. Hit me. First, drum roll, please. Coming out of down in Tennessee, my man Derrick Henry is going to pull a hamstring. There it is. That's the first one. Uh, Derrick Henry pulling a hamstring. Secondly, we are going to have um, Aaron Rodgers dislocate his ring finger. So he needs to get his discount double checks in order. Aaron Rodgers dislocating the ring finger on his non-throwing hand, obviously. So it may only hamper him a little bit, but still, dislocation of that ring finger. Hmm. And then last but not least, we're going to go with Jalen Waddle, Miami wide receiver. He is going to uh, separate his left shoulder. Man, why you got to hurt on Miami so much? They're already down... <laughs> You got to kick a man when he's down, Brett. That's right. So you heard it here first. If you got Derrick Henry, Aaron Rodgers, or Jalen Waddle, and they go down this week. You best pick up up somebody to replace them. You you go make sure you've got their backup because the black magic has been cast. 
The spell is down. Spooky season's going to get you. I put a spell on you. <laughs> and now you're sidelined. Ooh. We got a new single. All right. So let's move on and look at some of the game action. We're going to look at all six games from last week. It is time to look at the first of six games. I am vamping because I am trying to find this. That's right. The first of four interconference games between Telnet and Sparsy teams. Lance Manlove took on E-Town Aizen. I had picked Lance Manlove to win this matchup, and it's one of only two I got right this week. Lance Manlove did pull it out 209.04 to 184.21, coming from behind on Monday night to win 24.83, or by 24.83 points. And uh, they won on Monday night with their matchup MVP, Jonathan Taylor, for uh, Lance Manlove. Mapletron, uh, unfortunately, with Juju going down, it does clear the way for a couple other Pittsburgh receivers, notably Mapletron and uh, James Washington. Uh, They're both going to get a a little more looks. But Mapletron really had a chance to shine for Pittsburgh. He had over 100 yards, a touchdown. He really got to blow up. He hasn't been having a good uh, season so far. But the rest of this wide receiver core was just... uh, an utter disappointment this week. I mean, <laughs> you got T. Higgins, 32 receiving yards, Vance Jefferson, or Vance? Is that Vance or is that Van? Uh, Van, yeah, Van. He only had one catch, and then in the flex, Brandon Cooks playing New England, he is clearly the the top weapon, and Brandon just got shut down. Three catches for 23 yards. Not great. And back to Jonathan Taylor. This was his best performance on the season. Uh, Indy finally had a chance to ride him. Good for 30 points, 53 yards on the ground. His first touch on the ball, I believe, was a 70-some yard screen pass for a score. So, Fresh Prince, tell me about Lance Manlove this week. What do you think? Well, it's the tale of the tape, man. Basically, Chase Claypool got to capitalize on some extra looks, and Ben actually threw some that were more than five yards. So he has some positivity there. I I went back and watched some of the tape on the Jonathan Taylor game uh, against the Ravens, and he he cut through that secondary like a hot knife through butter, turned on the Jets, and it was gone. So, I mean, that was a pretty exciting play to watch. A lot of it stems from... Just the rest of the rest of his team picking up where, uh, you know, his wide receivers left off. I mean, to still score over 200 points. I mean, he had a decent 
decent showing from the rest of your squad. Now for E-Town, nothing to to sneeze at for their day. Hunter Henry, after a month of, almost a month of of mocking uh, Hunter and his performances, seems to finally get in, uh, getting some real cohesion with Mac there. Number five tight end on the week, 16 and a half points, eight looks, six catches, a touchdown, second week in a row for that. I really have to, I, I, I wonder what was going on with the Olamide Zacchaeus uh, selection there. Was that a glory play, do you think? I'm not sure. Because <laughs> I'm looking... I'm not sure what the roster construction was like beforehand, but I do see Jalen Waddle and Randall Cobb were there, both as as options at wide receiver. You know what's really funny, Brett? (laughs) I'm just going to make this comment because I just noticed it. For those voodoo picks, those were off the top of my head. And they just so happen to be all on E Town Asian Asian team. And and I'm playing this week. I totally I totally didn't even know that was I didn't even think about that. So no he has Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry and Jalen Waddle. I couldn't. I, I. I promise you, I did not know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I think I wonder if Olamide was uh, kind of a glory play, hoping for a big uh, a big day there with with the rookie Ted and Kyle Pitts there as the number one potential target uh, for Matt Ryan in London. I, th- I I think he was just thinking that since uh, once his face was out that he was going to get the looks, but that's wild. <laughs> All three of his players are the picks. Oh, this will be a fun one to review next week. Uh, also, E-Town's defense, they really, they they crapped the bed this week. Uh, they bomb. 44.40 points. They were number 11 on the week. Previously, they were number four, number one, number four, and number six. This was just horrendous for them. This is really what did them in this week. So let's move on to our second matchup of the week. It is another interconference matchup. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer took on Ninja Panthers. I had Ninja Panthers to win. I was wrong. Uh, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer took this one 200.16 to 185.70. That's a 14, just under 14.5 point margin of victory for Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Justin Herbert was the matchup MVP, and I'll start with him. Justin fucking Herbert. (laughs) Bro, I've been on the Justin Herbert train (laughs) since way before Greg Jones even knew he was a a midget football player. Uh, just as good. I mean, he has, he's only in a second year and he's seriously in consideration for elite status. I mean, against a previously, at least to this point in the season, the Browns defense has done very well against quarterbacks and Justin threw for just under 400 yards, 26 completions four passing touchdowns, a two point conversion. Another 29 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. It's no wonder he's the number two quarterback in our league this week. Uh, for Jim Kelly, though, his running backs were pretty quiet this week. Aaron Jones against Cincy. He had 100 yards, but 
no touchdowns, so didn't even hit 13 points. Mike Davis, uh, across the pond, had a rushing touchdown, but he didn't even crack 60 yards, and he lost a fumble, so he's under 12 points. And Tony Pollard, it was all Zeke. And, uh, and hey, but DeAndre Hopkins in in Arizona's very, very limited offensive output, DeAndre Hopkins was it. Uh, you know, just under 18 points, nine looks, six catches, almost 90 yards and touchdown. Tell me about Jim Kelly hates cancer. Well, Jim Kelly hates offense is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he hates these cans. Uh, Jim Kelly hates wide receivers. That's what it boils down to. Anybody who uh, runs a route to catch a football, Jim Kelly hates. <laughs> and it's only exacerbated by the fact that Jim Kelly also hates starting running backs. <laughs> But it paid off for him because, I mean, two things happened in this matchup, obviously. Herbert just blew it up, right? Mm -hmm. And the combination of Herbert blowing it up and Saquon going down, I think you could have easily swung this matchup the other direction. Oh, even because, if Saquon stays in, this could have swung the other direction the way that Dallas oh, yeah. and, and because, New York game goes. I mean, the, I mean, Ninja Panthers' defense was just off the chains this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and let's start with Saquon for Ninja Panthers. Saquon's injury it just killed the momentum that Ninja Panthers had. If if I'll say it here, if Saquon stays in, my pick is solid, and he wins this week, especially with this Robert Woods overcorrection that Los Angeles had. <laughs> Apparently, there was a concerted effort on Matthew Stafford's part to get Robert Woods the ball this week. He force-fed him 14 targets for 150 yards and 12 receptions. That's, you know, 21 points, huh? Yeah, not, that's pretty good. And picking up Dawson Knox has been a very, very beneficial move uh, for Ninja Panthers. Number four tight end on the, on the week looked very good going up against Kansas City. Any other takeaways for Ninja Panthers there? Yeah, I would say, you know, that addition of Dawson Knox, like last year, he has just found the end zone every game almost. Uh, my man's got five touchdowns already. Uh, even though he gets maybe, you know, his highest catch volume is five, and he averages well below 50 yards, but it's the touchdowns that are kind of keeping him in it. So. Uh, my matchup MVP, if I didn't mention it already, was Justin Herbert. Oh, one more time. Let's move on to... Matchup number three, yet another inter-conference matchup. This one, Awful Waffles took on RosterGuard99 and uh, did not go Awful Waffles' way. 213.01 to 231.72. 18.71 point margin of victory for RosterGuard99. Awful Waffles had the number one quarterback on the week in Lamar Jackson. But RosterGuard99 had the number one by a mile tight end MVP, <laughs> or tight end on the week, and matchup MVP, Mark Andrews. So let's start with Awful Waffles. Alvin Kamara is back. His best game of the season puts him at number four running back on this week. The Saints are so frustrating. This was the good Saints this week, apparently. As, as opposed to the bad Saints. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the sinners. Yeah, the the saints who uh, struggle with sin. Uh, Odell. The New, the, New or- the New Orleans sinners. Uh, OBJ, 42 points scored by your team, and you only netted two receptions out of three targets for 20 yards. Your quarterback had 305 yards and two touchdowns, and that's all you net. There's something, there's something up in Mr. Baker's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You don't get when you don't get your cash cow. Yeah, uh, the rock man, it, it, especially <laughs> especially with your favorite wide receiver sitting on IR right now. Yeah, ju- juices on the sidelines. You got no excuse, man. And this is all for naught too. With uh, their defense was a bright spot, just under sixty nine points. Number five defense on the week in the NFFL. Moving over to uh, roster guard. Devontae Adams, number two wide receiver this week. Pretty, pretty good week, especially after being quiet last week. Now, Rosterguard, you, you did a, a good job this week, but I got to give a little shade your I got to throw a little shade your way. Either you this week were a humongous dick or you just weren't paying attention because you started a kicker who was on IR. And this is the second week this kicker was active on your roster in that slot. So you be the judge. Were you not paying attention and you got lucky this week with your roster? Or you just being a dick to awful waffles? I, I th- uh, it, it sounds to me like he said, uh, come with it. I will beat you without a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll beat you with my kicker tied behind my back. <laughs> Uh, and, of course, I mentioned already matchup MVP Mark Andrews. Uh, where have you been? The number one tight end on the week. Uh, just let me give you some of his stat line. 11 receptions, 147 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns, and two two-point conversions that game. And that was pretty much almost entirely in the second half. Yeah, I mean, most of it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, any, anything to add for Awful Waffles or Roster Guard 99 there, Fresh Prince? Uh, I mean, I would say... Work that waiver wire. Get yourself a new kicker. <laughs> you know you're not gonna squeeze past everybody without with that. I'm not sure if there's any kind of uh, ramifications for purposely starting, or you know maybe not purposely, but starting a person who's on IR. I think there's something in the rules about that, isn't there? We'll have to get the league lawyer to look. Hey, moving on. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. It's right next to the one I wanted, but it's appropriate because this interconference matchup is also our toilet bowl game of the week. <laughs> this was Hater Tech taking on Gridiron Mafia, and I did have Hater Tech as my pick. And injury killed that pick this week, too. <laughs> uh, game finished 167.54 to 183.52. That is a 15.98 point margin of victory for Gridiron Mafia. For Hater Tech, Mike Evans finished the week number five wide receiver. Uh, he had a really good week for him. Um, he bounced back with Tom Brady after last week's ghost of a, of a week. But Russell Wilson's a real story here. With that finger doing what it did and missing 
what, a quarter and a half of the game, a full quarter at least. He had a shot at really pulling this game out. He only lost by 16, and Russell was in position to really to, to really finish this game under center to, to give him the win. And so that really, really hurt Hater Tech, especially with the defense scoring under 42 points. He is dead last in defense this week. Uh, tell me more about Hater Tech this week. Well, I mean, just looking over, I mean, he got some, it, it, like, it, it still astounds me that the Cleveland running back tandem is producing the way that they are. Like, uh, I mean, 23 points, basically, respectively. And Michael Pittman Jr., like, where'd that come from? Like, I don't know, Hater Tech, you must got an inside line being out there in the <laughs> the almost Midwest and Pitt, uh, Pittman is the clear the clear number one receiver for Wentz now. Uh, you know, it's I, I wouldn't go against him. Yeah, but then you got I mean the Godwin. Uh, I mean, you would think with Brady putting up fifty four, that Mike Evans or Godwin would have had. But but you got to remember, AB stole some of that this week. So um, I did notice that as of today at four forty four, Hater Tech lost. Chandler Jones to the COVID. Ooh, so you better make sure that you uh, take care of that roster spot this week. Yeah, well, let's talk about Tom Brady. Tom Brady made up for his lost time last week uh, with his, what, five touchdowns? And that was very good for Gridiron Mafia because with only winning by less than 16 points, he needed every one of those touchdowns, especially with his defense only scoring 49 and that's only seven more than the number twelve defense he played against this week. Yeah, if Brady only if Brady only hits his projections, Gridiron Mafia loses. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Fournette had himself a pretty decent week. He's uh, you know these last couple weeks he seemed to have come on and found his groove, and he's not in Bruce Arians' doghouse right now, so he seems to be a pretty solid lock right now. Tell me more about Gridiron this week. Now, Gridiron is one of those conundrum teams. I don't know if he uh, is basically holding on to these QBs for the future or what, but he has both Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts on the bench. It's one of those things where, I mean, you have a Brady who still does Brady things. I mean, those are just two roster spots that are being wasted. Mm -hmm. Well, Tom was our matchup MVP of this game. Let's move on to our penultimate game of week five. Barbunda's Nightmare taking on Floaty Flakes. I had Barbunda winning this one, and Barbunda let me down. What the the hell were you thinking? I was smoking something. Uh, Finished up Barbunda 172.77 to Flutie Flakes' 223.44. Yeah, Flutie Flakes won this one by over 50 points, and that was good enough to earn them the whoop-ass victory of the week. Let's start with Barbunda. Uh, I know this hurts. AJ Green crashed back to earth. Uh, yeah, the, the entire Arizona offense, except for Nuke, was pretty hobbled this week. But AJ really took a dive after his performance the last couple weeks. Defense was was an issue as well. Uh, didn't even crack 50 points collectively. They ranked number nine on the week. Just adds to all of the the drama. But Josh Allen 
continues to be a stud. He was their bright light, finishes the week at the number four QB in the league. Tell me a little bit, what's the inside picture for Bebunda this week? Well, I'm I'm going to put it out there that Cordero Patterson is my team MVP right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, picked him up off the waiver wire. Just got Josh Jacobs back. Uh, I made one oh shit play this week. <laughs> I had Kyle Pitts in and uh, I went against my gut and then put Zach Ertz in because of his production the last several weeks, thinking that he, you know, would produce. And because Kyle Pitts had not really produced yet. So Kyle Pitts had his breakout game. And even still, that was just what it made it look a little bit better than it was. But this was, <laughs> this was a, I, I got taken out to breakfast. <laughs> and uh, the, the Flutie Flakes, man, their defense was eat the Flutie Flakes, especially Mr. Derwin James Jr. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, north, of, north of 29 points on the day. So. When you got one guy, when you got one guy putting up twenty nine, and that's like three or four of my defenders put together, you know you're in for a rough day. So and Derwin is our matchup MVP for this game. Uh, for Flutie Flakes, Chuba Hubbard had a better day at the office in relief for uh, Christian McCaffrey. He cracked the century mark, had 33 receiving yards. Very well could be his last appearance in the spotlight uh, as McCaffrey is very possibly going to be back next week. Antonio Brown in sync with Tom Brady. He's, he's back or he had his big game a week later than I was expecting. Number four wide receiver on the week, 100-plus receiving yards, two touchdowns, seven receptions against Miami. But Noah Fart, Noah Fant was a bust this week, only 20 receiving yards and three catches against Pittsburgh and what should have been a better day for him, or at least what a lot of people thought would. Uh, what, what do you think about Flutie's performance? I think he got it. He got it where he needed it to get it from, you know, I and mean, even on a bad day for Mahomes is a good day for everybody else. I was surprised that Fant that didn't uh, want to want to Fanta Fanta even more yards than he got. Um, but his defense is what blew me away, man. Three of you know four of his defenders are in in the upper upper quadrant there. He um he left some points on the bench though, Brett. <laughs> so what you're saying Miles is he could have kicked your ass even harder. Well, I mean, <laughs> Carol Baskin, Miles Gaskin, um, the Tiger King. Uh, of Miami, 26.9 on the bench. And then uh, Marquez Callaway, don't confuse me with the golf balls. You know, he was a shining spot on the bench. And then you got uh, even Dylan, his his bench running backs, um, I mean, his running backs all around. Perform- I mean, it was just a, he ate his fluty flakes this week. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Uh, winners eat. Let's move on to our final game of the week. This was our projected game of the week. And it lived up to it, at least on Monday it did. <laughs> oh. This was Diamond Dogs taking on Night Shift for the second time in three weeks. Their season series is done, and it ends split. 
because Night Shift took on the victory, 211.38 to 213.30. That is less than a two-point margin of victory for Night Shift, my pick. Is that our closest margin of victory so far? Uh, it's definitely this week. I would have to look back, but I might... I think it's the second closest. I think there was one that was closer, but I would have to look back. Now, for Diamond Dogs, uh, Jamar Chase had himself a day. He's uh, having himself a rookie season, man. He really is. He has not had a day where he's had any less. He's he's always over 50 yards. He's had two games with over 100. Doesn't he have like one 40-yard catch in each game so far? Uh, very possibly. I don't have that stat in front of me. He's only got one week without a touchdown. He hasn't finished one game without double-digit fantasy points. And this week, he was targeted 10 times and caught six of them for just shy of 160 yards and a touchdown. He put up almost 25 points this week. Uh, he, he was good. And Najee, who last week got all his points on his, like, 19 targets, got his first 100-yard day on the ground, his first century mark. Had himself a very solid day, 21 points. Great day for the rookies. Oh, Great yes. Day Great day for the rookies, especially on this squad. But Blake Jarwin and his goose really looks bad right now. Tell me about Diamond Dogs. Well, Diamond Dogs, he is, I continues to impress. And I'm just, to, I'm saying that just to totally, like, uh, suck up to Ben because <laughs> I want to trade with him. Uh, I, want, I want to trade with, with him um, with with somebody of value, right? I mean, man, they look great. <laughs> <laughs> I tipped my hat to them. He got me worried at the end of Monday night. I was worried until the fourth quarter of the late Sunday games. <laughs> my theory is that um, I always have a shot to win if I have somebody playing on Monday night because you never know what could happen, right? So uh, Hollywood Brown, I mean, the last play of the game, you know, brought him within, you know, uh, (laughs) sniffing your behind there. The Jarwin thing, uh, I think the, the other guy, What's the other guy's name? Tight end for Dallas right yeah, now. Schultz, Dalton Schultz. That's who we're Schultz, of. that's right. But the Kyle, the Kyler Murray underperformed. It was just just one of those one of those things, man. When you get a goose like especially well, I just did some quick looking if uh here's a little more salt in the wound for Diamond Dogs. If you had Dalton Schultz instead of Blake Jarwin, Dalton had just shy of eleven points this week. Well, let's look at night shift. Uh, running backs uh, really had their owner sweating until their fourth quarter of their games, including Austin Eckler, who finishes the week as the number two running back, less than a point behind the number one running back. Uh, yeah, Elliot and Eckler just went off. And uh, Madison looked very, very good in his second game of relief. Defense finishes at number four, very respectable, just shy of 72 points. A little bit worried again about Matthew Stafford's accuracy. A couple of games now, he started the week off just wildly inaccurate and uh, has to calm down for some reason. And he didn't have the finger injury that Russell had, but 
Uh, he banged it up something and popped it back in. So uh, keep an eye on that one. <laughs> well, I don't know. He remembered he has uh, <laughs> Bobby Tree there. <laughs> yeah, that is good. <laughs> yeah, so Austin Eckler was the matchup MVP for this game. And that is week five slate of games. Let's hand out some hardware for week five. Now, let's start with Sparcy this week. Uh, the Offensive Player of the Week goes to Lamar Jackson, our number one quarterback on the week, plays for Awful Waffles. He had 37 completions. I believe he only had four, maybe five incompletions on the night. 442 yards through the air, four touchdowns through the air, another 62. It's so puzzling because when you watch his throwing motion, you're like, that dude should get picked off every single time. And <laughs> there were a couple that he really should have and just got damn lucky. <laughs> uh, another 62 yards on the ground. Yeah, he put up over 500 yards himself. Uh two two-point conversions he did lose a fumble probably should have lost another one but you know we'll leave that up to the refs 59.54 points on the week for the defensive player of the week Hassan reddick linebacker for ninja panthers six solo tackles two assisted tackles and two sacks that all adds up to 23.20 points for telnet the offensive player of the week another raven mark andrews tight end for roster garden 99 11 receptions 147 yards two touchdowns and two two-point conversions Good enough for 36.20 points. And Defensive Player of the Week, we've mentioned him once already, Derwin James. Defensive back for the Flutie Flakes. Nine tackles, eight assists, one sack, one fumble forced, all good for 29.80 points. These are your Offensive and Defensive Players of the Week. So those are the guys that really stood out for doing well. Let's look at the guys who didn't do so well. The brown note, now, I don't normally do this, but every now and then I'll throw one of these in. Uh, what do you, uh, <laughs> you don't normally wipe? Well, no, I never do. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you use a bidet? I shake. What? <laughs> uh, no, I wipe. Uh, I, I, I normally use this section for NFL players, but I'm just feeling like giving uh, uh, an opponent a tough time. So, John, <laughs> you're sitting at four and one. You can handle a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of rough love. You are rats. you are our special pooper this week for starting a kicker who was on the IR. Yes, 
you pooped. And you're very fortunate it didn't cost you the game. Yeah, and you're very you're very fortunate that uh, you know, you hopefully have bought your toilet paper in advance because when I was at Sam's today, they were all gone. Now for our poopers who actually played the game, I don't consider injured player poopers. Pooping is when a player fails miserably to meet their projected expectations. Poopers had to start for their NFL team, and hopefully they washed their hands after they were done. Let's start the pooping with Mark Ingram. This is this is a bowl full of dysentery right here. Oh, it's disgusting. TJ Hawkinson, AJ Green. Eric mm-hmm. Wilson, TJ Watt. What? Yeah, he did almost nothing. He had like two tackles. Kenny Young, OBJ, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones just sounds like a R&B, like <laughs> Motown guy. He does. I want to hear him play a trumpet for some reason. Marvin Jones. Max Crosby. Quinnen Williams. You know, I picked up this guy because he's done solid for weeks in a row. He had two assisted tackles. I affectionately call him Quinoa Williams. Mm, Quinoa, yeah. KJ Osborne. I think you know that name. Taylor Rapp. Justin Mother Tucker. Brian Burns. Darren Waller. Blake Jarwin and his Golden Goose. Or his brown goose in this case. Brandon Cooks, Lavishka Chenault. Man, there's two Jacksonville receivers yeah, on Levish, this list. Lavishka Chenault. That sounds like either like a, like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory character or a, or a Bible commandment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need some music under this. Yeah, not great, but it'll work. Let's see. Zach Ertz. It Ertz when I pee. Vaughn Miller. Hey, you know what? You know what? It, perhaps we could um, shitify each of their names. Hmm. Let's try that. But let's not start over. Let's just continue. Okay. We okay. Been. Let's see. Alan Rob. Oh, man. That's hard on the fly. Uh, he's all in the toilet. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Alan terrible. Robinson, Daniel Corn on the Carlson, <laughs> Adam, Adam, go dealing, for it. Uh, wheeling, dealing, toilet paper stealing, dealing. <laughs> Chase shouldn't have eaten those Edmonds. Yep, they're going to show up in your poop the next day. <laughs> Naeem Hines all over the bowl. Mm. That's the, that's the one where it says, if you want a good time, call Naheem. <laughs> Chandler Jones. Oh, that's that's COVID Jones now. Oh, COVID Jones. And Van Jefferson looks like he had a junior. Uh, he's down. He's down by the river, Van Jefferson. <laughs> These are your poopers of week five. That was fun. I just, I just figured we'd make fun of them a little bit more. I think we need. I think they deserve it. They can take it. They're millionaires. Like T, like TJ Hawkinson. You know, he's just hawking a loogie and AJ Green shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, TJ, what's in my poop? <laughs> and 
you know. Oh, yeah. I think I think we'll do that more from now on. Let's move on and pick some games. Uh, uh, word. <laughs> what up? No, I'm not white at all. <laughs> Are you, you really? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Your, your, your voice, your voice uh, would lead me to believe that you are not. Oh, no, I'm very white. Very, very. <laughs> I'm totally Caucasian. Let's start with the Chapel Clash. Yeah, from, from, the island of, from the island of Caucasus. Actually, I'm mostly Scotch. I did a DNA test uh, a couple months ago. I'm mostly Scotch. No, Brett, Brett, no. Okay. It, it, when they do a blood test and you have lots of scotch in you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that kind of DNA test. <laughs> this is not a surprise. I was going to say, do we need to have a little John Gruden conversation with you? Mm, I don't know, but we did get a, we, we did get a sound clip of his final press conference. Oh, I heard it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Let me give it for you. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving! The Chapel Clash revival is coming back. Night Shift at four and one is going to take on the Ninja Panthers at two and three. Uh, the super early projected outcome as of Monday or Tuesday, I forget when I uh, grabbed that one. Uh, Night Shift going to win by around forty, and this is with me projecting a wide receiver swap for Debo being on a buy uh, for Night Shift. QB has a direct impact on both teams this week as Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are both taking the field on opposite sides. I'm concerned with how well Lockett will fare with Geno under center for Seattle. What do you forecast for night shift? Man, I'm a little worried about Geno under center in Seattle. Because <laughs> I'm, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know he was still playing. <laughs> so, I, did, I didn't either. I had no clue Seattle's backup was until I, Russell got hurt. <laughs> it's just like when... Uh, uh, RG3 shows up on a new team. I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> but, I mean, Gino, more power to you. My man from West Virginia, go ahead and get it, man. Get it while you have a chance. Uh, for Ninja Panthers, uh, Mikko Hardman, potential sleeper wide receiver uh, with Tyreek in that knee. Uh, if it's not as bad as we're – as as it could be might not be anything but he's still a potential sleeper you know, always need help alex collins will likely struggle against pittsburgh defense if chris carson is not back there are rumblings that chris carson will be back this next game so ninja panthers number 12 offense on the season is gonna need all the help it can get 
to match up against Night Shift's number one offense on the season. What do you think about Ninja Panther this week? I think uh, Ninja Panthers needs to pull a trade with Bear Bunda to get Josh <laughs> the Red Flash Gordon, and he needs just to dish out like some some high some high some high ranking material for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I'm calling for Ninja Panthers to uh, basically uh, get shut down. This this if there if there was a, a matchup. Um, that I basically thought was a no-brainer, and I bet money on it. I'd probably bet on this one. Yep, I'm I'm with you there. I am picking night shift, and that moves us on to matchup number two. This is an interconference game, one of two this week, and it's going to be Awful Waffles at one and four taking on Flutie Flakes at three and two. The super early projected outcome as of sometime this afternoon is that Flutie Flakes will take this by less than a point. Now, injury implications abound in this matchup. For Flutie Flakes, uh, I have what's up with Tyreek's knee, but it's really probably more of a non-issue. I do like Antonio Gibson to pick up any slack that Tyreek offers, uh, as Washington is going to need his air yards to keep pace with Kansas City. I see them bouncing back after that thrashing they took last week. What do you think about Flutie Flakes? I, I do wonder if um, McKissick is going to steal a lot of that airtime. It's out possible. From under, out from under Antonio Gibson. It's possible, but he, he hasn't seemed to. The, two of the last three weeks, it's gone Gibson's way. Yeah, but uh, when you're playing from behind, you know it's whoever has the hot hands. They so do we'll like see. him. They do like him more in the two minute uh, in the two minute drill. So yeah. <laughs> playing the Chiefs, your whole game's a two minute drill. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> now for uh, awful waffles, uh, will Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook be healthy enough to be activated right now? Neither has been declared back yet, but they both carry questionable statuses, and Yahoo is projecting both to be putting up points right as of right now. I did note that they've done a little work at reworking their defense. It's the bare minimum they could. They dropped one linebacker and added another. So I am forced to ask the question, will adding A.J. Johnson at linebacker, who I think was one player that was drafted twice at the draft this year <laughs> will he be enough to wake up this number 10 defense what do you think fresh prince uh no <laughs> <laughs> i think awful waffles is gonna continue to live into he's a self-fulfilling prophecy man with the, <laughs> the awfulness um this is the battle of breakfast is what it comes down to it really is and, and i'm pretty sure that um, while Flutie Flakes is my mortal enemy, um, I do believe he is going to take awful waffles behind the shed and uh, serve him serve some oatmeal. It's going to be bad, man. <laughs> I'm just envisioning what the oatmeal could be, but I'm with you there. I'm picking Flutie Flakes to give awful waffle an awful waffle. It's the battle, it's the, it's the battle of breakfast. It is. Let's move on to matchup number three. And that is Bear Boonda's Nightmare at two and three, taking on E-Town Asian at two and three, who uh, apparently the voodoo is going to 
going to hit hard. The super yeah, early. Hey, like I said, <laughs> I had no idea when I came up with those injuries. Yeah, in comedy, that's what be, we call a callback. It just so happened to be on Tom's team. <laughs> In the super early projected outcome, uh, Yahoo has E-Town by winning by about 10. Uh, and uh, I do have to note that is with an empty running back slot on Bear Bunda's roster. Oh, we're working on that. Don't worry. I'm, I'm just stating for clear transparency. For Bear Bunda, Josh Jacobs is a bit of a scary play. It's a divisional matchup this week. Denver is usually solid against the run. Last week, notwithstanding. Uh, but with the added drama of John Gruden stepping down slash getting fired and a new unproven assistant coach being elevated, it's all very murky. Uh, plus, you got A.J. Green going up against Cleveland, uh, who, yes, it was completely torched last week by the Chargers. But this is an old A.J. Green and a Arizona offense that was very much held in check last week by a uh, uh, San Francisco defense that on paper is not on the same level as Cleveland's defense. So what do you think, Berbunda? Well, I, I just I think that we need to pull out every every stop to uh, take down E-Town. <laughs> and if it just so happens to be with Black Magic. That's why we're called the Nightmare. Just saying. <laughs> uh, for E-Town, uh, Rogers and Henry, uh, they have some warning bells, Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry. I doubt that Aaron Rodgers is going to be forced into a shootout against Chicago. Uh, I just don't see Chicago having the firepower right now to do that. No, I, I, that's going to be a that's going to be a stomp. Mm hmm. Yeah. And Derrick Henry, he gets the number three rushing defense in Buffalo. Um, something's got to give there. I don't know that it's Derrick. I mean, he's good, but... And I know there's that gif that floats around of him stiff-arming that Buffalo defender into oblivion from last year or the year before, but something's got to give there, and I just well, don't you know, know it's if, it's, give. if it's Buffalo give this year. His, ha his hamstring's going to give. <laughs> So I think it's going to take care of itself. <laughs> Is that going to happen before the game or during the game? Uh, no, I told you, probably second quarter. <laughs> Does he get any touchdowns before that happens? No, it's going to be, it's going to probably, they're going to trade field goals first, I think. And uh, that'll get, that'll get us, because they're both really good control, uh, control the clock teams. So it's going to be pretty boring in the first quarter. Um, most of the scoring, if it does occur, is going to happen in the second half. All right. Well, I am picking E-Town to, uh, to win this one. Oh, even, you better shut up and e pick me. Even with, even with losing Aaron Rodgers and Derrick Henry to Black Magic. <laughs> Don't forget Jalen Waddle. And Jalen Waddle. Die. Well, right now he's sitting on their bench, so. <laughs> I know, but that's just, that's just to show you how powerful the magic is. <laughs> It's so powerful, the bench is going to catch on fire. Our next game is our Toilet Bowl game of the week. And this, this basically every game that Hater Tech plays from here on out, this is going to be the Toilet Bowl game. Until Hater Tech gets their first win under their belt, 
yes, that's pretty much it. Uh, Hater Tech at 0-5, taking on Jim Kelly Hates Cancer at 3-2. and two. Yes, Jim Kelly Hates uh, uh, Pass Catchers. Super early projected outcome. Jim Kelly Hates Cancer is only expected to win by over 20. You know, there are bigger gaps expected this week. Will anyone take pity on Hater Tech? Can Jim Kelly Hates Cancer take the challenge? Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, I'm going to challenge you to take on Hater Tech this week with your running back tied behind your back. Um, the football gods clearly hate Hater Tech. They have no Russell Wilson, which means Baker Mayfield against a tough Arizona defense. And he's playing with a partially torn labrum on his non-throwing shoulder. Throw in Hunt and Chubb. And they're okay. They're decent. They're still producing. And Godwins and Evans. And you've got a chunk of of expected points coming from just two games. That's a lot of hoping on Hater Tech's uh, bench. Well, their squad. What do you think? I think it's it's a feast or famine, man. Playing in Arizona. The 5-0 Arizona. The only undefeated. They have a reason to play hard. And they are not going to loosen that. They're going to keep the throttle down when it comes to playing Cleveland this week. So I don't really see uh, Hunt or Chubb really running on them, but maybe catching some passes out of the backfield. You're not going to get 23 points apiece. You might get 23 points combined this time. Yeah, and for Jim Kelly hates cancer, Adam Thielen's fading fast. This week looks to be a make-or-break game. And this, If he doesn't produce, this will be three weeks in a row where he doesn't even crack double digits. I am very interested to see how much Darrell Williams gets featured in Kansas City because before Clyde Edwards-Alaire went down, it was pretty much an even split three-headed monster. And so now it's just the two-headed monster, and they there were rumblings that they were potentially going to make a, a move for Marlon Mack today. But oh, And then it's like, did everybody just forget about Jarek McKinnon all of a sudden? <laughs> Apparently so. Like the back, the backup running back of the century? <laughs> so I am interested to see just how much work Daryl Williams gets this week. Uh, I am picking Jim Kelly Hates Cancer. Uh, any other thoughts on our toilet bowl game this week? No, Jim Kelly hates cancer, and and every everybody, including uh, the football gods, hates hater tech. So, <laughs> yeah, I bet you you could you could equate the hatred of Jim Kelly hating cancer to hating hater tech. Jim Kelly hates hater tech. Let's move on to our penultimate game of the week. That is our other interconference matchup this week. And that is Gridiron Mafia at two and three taking on Roster Guard ninety nine at four and one. The super early projected outcome is that Roster Guard ninety nine takes this by over thirty five points. For Gridiron Mafia, it's a pretty big hole to fill with Clyde Edwards Alaire on IR and not a running back on the bench to take his place. Hey, Brett, just just so the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Um, Edwards Alaire was on the. Voodoo list last week. 
Uh, you, you, hear, you hear that, E-Town? Start shaking. Now, it is true there is currently a running back in the flex position. So, yes, blah, 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 they can play a wide receiver. But you lose a, you lose a starting running back that's pretty big. A trade for a real stud is the only chance I see real hope for Gridiron Mafia this week. What do you think about Gridiron Mafia this week? Yeah, he, he needs to make some roster moves. And he can give me a phone call. You know, I'm always willing to uh, trade, uh, you know. But, you know, I, I do feel kind of bad for putting the voodoo on Edwards Hilaire last week, you know, so maybe maybe, uh, maybe I'll send you something. <laughs> now, for Roster Guide 99, uh, I, I, I like pretty much most all of the offense, uh, except for two players. Um, Naeem Hines against Houston. Unless the team is really involved in uh, keeping pace, Naeem tends to disappear, and it's Houston. And even though Houston really took New England to the brink last week, I don't see them doing that again with Indy this week. Chase Edmonds against Cleveland. Chase is hit or miss, and... (laughs) I just I just don't see it this week. What do you think about roster guard? I, I think he needs to find a replacement for Naeem Hines. I just don't see that matchup being a good one. But I mean, I could see. Uh, I mean, the, you got you got Pittsburgh's own son James Conner actually putting up some numbers out there in Arizona. So I don't know how that's going to impact Edmonds versus Cleveland, but. I think when he has a 35-point projected over-under, over um, I think he can make some moves that might uh, benefit that or strengthen that 35. I just He would just need to make some moves, I think. It, this matchup comes down to make some goddamn moves. <laughs> get a uh, kicker. <laughs> yes, like get a kicker. He did get a kicker today. I did see that move. He picked up uh, Mason Crosby, who took four kicks to get one field goal last week. Yeah, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, hey, it's a step up from injured, right? That's true. It is always good to have a kicker who can swing a leg. I am picking roster guard 99 to win this week, no matter who's kicking the ball for him. And our final game of week six is our game of the week. And that's going to be the Diamond Dogs at 3 and 2 taking on Lance Manlove at 4 and 1. This is a rivalry game. Oh, this is the super early projected outcome is that Lance Manlove is going to stomp all over Diamond's Dogs by almost 30. Now does Anyone remember the last time that Diamond Dogs beat Lance Manlove because they are Lance Manlove's bitch? Yeah. It just so happens to be uh, the female word for dog. So <laughs> are we, is, is today, is today the matchup of the Diamond Bitches versus the Lance Manlove? I don't know. It could be. Let's see. For uh, Diamond Dogs, I do like the wide receiver core to meet or exceed their projections this week. I like uh, I like pretty much all of them. And if Najee is healthy, if it really was just cramps last week, he's going to be just fine against Seattle. I think Russell Wilson going down is the only reason that Najee will have a good game against Seattle. That's very possible. Very possible. Um, but I don't like Cameron Bray. He has virtually no chemistry with 
uh, Tom Brady, uh, this is uh, at least two weeks now that he's filled in for Gronk, and he's done nothing. Um, what do you think about Diamond Dogs? Cam Cameron is basically a blocking tight end at this point, so I would stay away from him as much as you possibly could. Uh, pick up somebody like Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a trade. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, or, or, you know, hey, I have a few tight ends that I could trade. Um, I, it, I basically think it's going to come down to who has if their, their kind of game of the year type days. Like if, if, um, if Diamond's going to cover that 30 points, he's going to need one or two people to kind of have their game of, game of the year kind of, kind of a day. Yeah, and he's he does have uh, he does have that fiery young quarterback in Arizona, but he's got a tough matchup of his own going up against Cleveland. So who knows? Right, and you know, man's man, man love. He um he tends to uh kind of get stage fright, like peeing at the urinal in the big games like this. So this could very well be one of those. We could be calling this the disappointment of the week game as well. This could very well be our toilet bowl game. Who knows? For Lance, uh, let's look at Lance a little more. James Conner needs the red zone and goal line carries to be effective. Um, so we really have to ask, was last week an anomaly for Cleveland's defense against the run? Edmonds is not Eckler on the ground. There, There is no way. They're not in the same stratosphere. And so Edmonds is their running back in between the 20s. He's not going to get them there. In the red zone, I like James. He's a good guy, but he's I don't see him plowing it in like Los Angeles did last week. I'm also wondering how well can Kelsey play through his stinger he's got. It seemed pretty painful. And then you've got Devontae Parker. His hamstring is a cause for concern. I mean, he's probably going to come back and play, but hamstrings are hamstrings. Now, now, now Brett, might I add that Devontae Parker was also on the voodoo list last week. <laughs> now, are you just, just retroactively just adding uh, adding people to your voodoo list? Um, shut up. <laughs> Uh, anything else for Lance Manlove? No, he just needs to stand up and be a man this week, or he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna get diamond bitched. That's what's gonna happen. I am picking diamond dogs to upset. That's what I mean. I think he can. I think he can cover that thirty with a combination of him having some his higher output game and man Lance Manlove uh, shaking his boots at the urinal. Mm-hmm. So get a real tight end. Uh, I got got faith in you, Ben. Speaking of Ben, uh, we're going to go right into Ben's bets. Well, I thank you, Head, for having me back on the show. Sorry about missing last week, but uh, I'll get everybody caught up in the last two weeks and... Let everybody know what money I won and what money I didn't and what we're planning on moving forward. Hey, guys, just want to give a shout out to Head. Uh, first podcast interview with him a couple of weeks ago. I did an absolutely horrible job prepping for it, and he made me sound really good. So, Head, thank you for being a pro. Uh, my 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 pleasure, Ben. Thank you so much for being here. And 
Hey, any anytime you want to be on here, I will make you sound beautiful. Well, thank you, sir. Um, the only man that can. <laughs> but uh, hey, the rest of the league, uh, I put everybody's rosters in the last two weeks. So uh, entered everybody into a $3 entry fee. So I spent 36 bucks each week. And both weeks four and five, you guys were horrible for me. Uh, week four, the only guy who won me any money was another one of the goats, uh, Connor. And that was a wild weekend with lots of weird football. He won me $6 with his uh, fantastic duo of Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. And that's all I got out of the, the crew for week four. Did the same thing for week five, entered everybody into a uh, $3 entry, spent three bucks on everybody, and won $11. And again, the $6 winner was another goat. It was uh, John won me six bucks. And then ironically, Rob won me $5. <laughs> Rob? <laughs> Rob did, yes. <laughs> Now, I do have to caveat this. The contests I enter are only Sunday afternoon uh, or Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon games, at least for me here on the West Coast. So it does not include Thursday night football, Sunday night football, or Monday night football. So I had to start uh, Baker Mayfield instead of Russell Wilson for Rob, mm-hmm. um, which I think helped a lot for, for him helping me win $5. I think so. <laughs> so I've uh, spent a total of... Uh, well, let's see. I've won a total of thirty-one dollars for the whole crew, and lost way more than that. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do for week six, but I think I'm going to pare down the rosters a little bit, streamline the process, and obviously the goats are the only one winning me money, and uh, and Rob. So maybe that's what I'll do for this week. Maybe take a couple of a couple of goats and a couple of uh, a couple of guys who can't seem to get it going in the, in the league here. Yeah, as of note, all three weeks I've put money on the Nellis crew. Uh, Danny has just been outside the winning bubble almost every time, ironically hmm. enough. <laughs> um, maybe by a hundred places, which, in the grand scheme of uh, DraftKings, is is not much. So. Maybe I'll pick him and Rob and Connor and Chuck. I think that's what I'm going to go with. I think that's what I decided. All right. Well, looking forward to coming back next week and hearing how Danny and Connor, Rob, and Chuck did for you. I appreciate it. And uh good win this week. Man, that got uh, a lot closer than I thought it would. Oh, that was so was close. Screaming, <laughs> I was screaming at the TV. I think, uh, well, if my tight end had scored just one catch, oh, I think I might have got you. It, it, so. it all went Schultz's way. Oh, man. Uh, I'm sitting there. I, I, I woke up Monday morning, and I'm like, okay, all I need is for Hollywood to not score any more than 30 points. <laughs> And, you know, he could score more than three. It's not outside the realm of possibility. And we go into halftime like he hasn't even been dethroned at him once. And it was horrible. I'm like, okay, all right. All right. And I'm just sitting there as the game's going on. I'm like, oh, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and he finishes with what? Just over 29 points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that last touchdown grab, if he had just been uh, a few more pass yards, not so close. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, that was a tough one to swallow. But uh, uh, good game, though. On to, on to Jason. And uh, 
all, all I hope I can really be him because I, I just need to take him down. I can't stand you winning anymore, Jason. <laughs> well, hey, just so you know, and you'll, uh, uh, you know, I already uh, recorded with Danny, but uh, I picked you to win as an upset. As you should. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you for having me on tonight. My pleasure. We'll talk to you next week, Ben. Sounds good. See ya. And now we'll take a look at our Telnet versus Sparsi. That's right. We have two conferences and we had four interconference games this week and they split the matches two to two. Each conference took two games. It's like we were fighting over the router. It really was. <laughs> no one came and stole the router and locked us out of the room. Yeah. yeah hater tech hater tech needs to come and steal the router and some <laughs> fantasy football players. Yes. And then he needs to warn his opponent into uh, into submission. Now this this makes the head to head record. Uh, after six games played head to head, Telnet has two wins, Sparsi has four. And at this point in the season, it's still relatively close. You know, we've only had six head to head games. We've also have uh, records collectively between the 12 teams. Telnet has a 14 and 16 record, where Sparsi has a 16 and 14 record. As far as points scored for conference, Telnet has scored 5,501.1 points. I had my decimal in the wrong spot. <laughs> and Sparsi has scored, actually, I'm missing a number there. But and, I don't know uh, what it is without my calculator, and I'm not well, doing it, that math again. <laughs> it couldn't be any larger than, than you know, one or nine. I'll redo the math and drop it in right here. The actual number is 5,650.11. Sparsi, on the other hand, collectively has scored 5,728.63 points. So, like I said, six weeks in, five weeks completed. Still relatively close. Sparsi has a slight edge. Still a long season, but fun to keep an eye on. So that is your Telnet versus Sparsi update. So as we close out this week, just a brief reminder, my picks for this week are Night Shift, Flutie Flakes, E-Town, Jim Kelly Hates Cancer, Roster Guard, and Diamond Dogs in the Upset. Do you want to share your picks? Uh, everybody is going to lose that I want to lose. <laughs> and who's going to get hit with the black magic? Uh, basically E-Town. <laughs> the, the, whole, <laughs> the whole area of E-Town. Uh, E-Town's going down. Oh. E-Town is going down. Uh, I will probably lose to E-Town, but <laughs> at least I'm going to uh, severely hobble him for any kind of a playoff run. Now, before we head out, uh, I want to send out a special shout out to the operations department at Group 11. Yeah, baby. Sean, Nate. Adam, Dan, Don, Fonzie, Ranisha, Scott, Josh, and Zach. Hopefully I said all your names correctly. Thank you for your service, and thank you for enjoying our little podcast. I enjoy greatly putting it together, and I enjoy the fact that you guys love listening just as much as I love putting it together. So thank you, guys. 
shout out to you and all that you do for us. Yeah, many, many, many thanks. So remember, you can buy NFFL swag on Redbubble at bit.ly slash Nellis NFFL. Last week, I went two and four in my picks. That brings me to 1911 on the season. Not getting better. It's starting to slip. There are buys this week for the first time. Atlanta, New Orleans, the New York Jets, and San Francisco. And Thursday Night Football this week is Tampa Bay taking on Philadelphia. So plan accordingly with your rosters. Fresh Prince, always a pleasure having you. Yeah, man. Always fun. Good night, my friends. I will see you. Or you'll hear me next week. Enjoy your games. NFL Podcast is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios, tell your story.